I'm Tom Weaver, director and evangelist with Rock Solid Ministries, a free North American revival ministry. You're listening to the RSM podcast, Just Preaching program. Today's message is one I preached in Okalona, Mississippi. So join me, if you will, as we go into the services of the Okalona Christian Church. John 15, 12 to 17. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I have commanded you, so that you will love one another. Pray with me. Father in heaven, we are indeed so grateful to be around your word today. And though our group is is not very large, we know where two or three are gathered together, you are there. And we are gathered together today to hear your word. And so, Father, we pray that each one in this building and each one listening on the podcast, Father, that our hearts and our minds are open and receptive to your word of truth. Take us now, Father, to that time where we can understand the friendship that we have with you through our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you now, Father, for touching my tongue and my lips with your words and moving our hearts today. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're in the midst of a three-part series on the 15th chapter of the Gospel of John, a special series of messages entitled, The Living Union of Christ and His Disciples. Each message examines another section of that chapter. What Jesus has said before leads up to what He is saying in this chapter. In chapter 14, Jesus speaks of the beginning or birth of the union between Himself and His disciples. If we love Him and keep His word, He will manifest Himself to us. John 14, 21, Whoever has My commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves Me. And he who loves Me will be loved by My Father, and I will love him and manifest Myself to him. If we love Him and keep His commandments, He will dwell in us. John 14, 16 and 17. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. You know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. And then the 23rd verse of chapter 14 Jesus answered him, anyone, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. What he's saying is he must go away, but he will return to dwell within each disciple who by faith keeps his commands. Now he gives us instructions on how this living union is maintained. There are things the Lord does to maintain the union, and there are things that we, His disciples, must do 
to maintain the union. Now, last time we talked about the essential union of Christ and His disciples. Next time, it's the loyal union of the persecuted. And today, the open-hearted union of friends. First, Jesus gives the one great basic principle. His disciples are to maintain unity among themselves on the basis of love. Not just any kind of love, not lip service love. It's easy to tell somebody, well, I, I, I love you and not really love them. And really, what does love mean in this world anymore? I mean, if I was to ask you, some of you might tell me that you love the fajitas. Well, that's, you know, that's a different kind of love than what we're talking about here. This is not a lip service or I love fajitas kind of love, but the same kind of love that Jesus has for His disciples. Let's look again at back to chapter 15, verses 12 to 14. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. All over the world, men recognize as the supreme evidence of love that a man will voluntarily give up his own life for the sake of his friends. Now Jesus was just about to do this. You know, we, we've been going through the book of John for a long time at the Oklahoma Christian Church. And now we're getting down to the, to the nitty-gritty of it all where Jesus is going to give up everything. He was about to do this. He, and He required nothing less of those of us who would follow Him. If we would be His friends, we must let our love for each other be as great as His love for us. Now you think about that for a minute. His love for us was to give His life for us. And our love for each other has to be the same. Such a love is unlimited. It has no bounds. Yes, it doesn't mean that we won't get upset with one another once in a while, that we won't have a disagreement. But this love is unlimited. It has no bounds. It is a God-like love that loves first and unconditionally. Loves before we are loved back. And loves unconditionally. 1 John 4, 7-12 Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this love, not that, and in this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. This is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to die for us. Do you get that? Verse 11. Behold, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and His love is perfected in us. I think it's kind of telling us no one has seen God, but if we love one another with unconditional love, then people do see God. 
because God abides in us when we love one another with unconditional love. And in that way, we are Christ's ambassadors on this earth. And people see God through our actions and through our love. Next, Jesus promised to take His disciples into a communion that is shared only by friends. We look to verse, uh, verses 15 through most of verse 16 here. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. I think that's interesting. We a lot of times think, well, I, I chose Christ. But He says, you didn't choose me. I chose you. And why does He say that? Because He first loved us unconditionally. He's teaching us a great lesson here. I loved you unconditionally. I chose you. You didn't choose me. And in the same way, when we look at those who are enemies, those who we have a hard time with, those we've had bad arguments or problems with, we don't wait for them to choose us. We choose them. I choose to love you because God chose to love me. Those who believe in Jesus, trust in Jesus, and keep His commandments, find that their relationship with Jesus grows. It is not a relationship of drudgery or unintelligent oppression. It is a relationship of fellowship and friendship. And that's the relationship we have with God. It's not just this relationship of, oh, I go to church and I worship a God who's far off. This is a relationship of fellowship and friendship. We are, we are not made His slaves. And we need to remember that. We are not made the slaves of Jesus. A slave is given orders. A slave is never taken into the confidence of his master. A slave knows nothing of his master's plans and purposes. But Jesus tells us everything he can concerning the plans and purposes of his Father. Thus, we are his friends. You share with your friends your plans and purposes, don't you? And that's what Jesus has done with us. We know things, get this, we know things the prophets didn't know. We go back and read the prophets and say, wow, they knew all. We just read from Micah earlier today during the communion meditation. And we think, wow, he knew about Bethlehem. He, he knew about that hundreds of years before that. Well, we know things the prophets didn't know. We know things the angels desire to look into. Think about that. The angels who are in the presence of God, we know things that angels wish that they could understand. Colossians 1, 26 and 27, a favorite verse of mine dealing with this. The mystery hidden for ages. Whoops, I missed something there. There we go. The mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to His saints. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The mystery that was held for ages and ages that nobody could understand what our hope would be, now we understand 
Christians, those in the New Testament age, we understand things that the angels didn't understand, things that the prophets didn't understand, but it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Our hope, our joy is held because Christ is in us. When we become Christians, He comes into us, and that is our hope and that is our joy. And we are His friends. And finally, we see that as Jesus' friends, we have access to His abundance. The last part of verse 16, so that whatever you ask the Father in My name, He may give it to you. Jesus makes the abundant power and resources of our Heavenly Father's storehouse available to us. Remember we talked about just recently how the, that power that we have in us is the same power that God used when He rolled the stone away and raised Jesus from the dead. We have that same power in us and we have those same resources. If we ask anything according to His will, we know that He will answer. 1 John 5, 14 and 15, and this is the confidence that we have toward Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of Him. This is a grand and glorious promise. We're thinking about now during this season, as this is, as, as this is December, as this is being recorded, we're thinking about the coming of Christ, but now Christ has already come and we've accepted Him and we have this promise that He is within us and whatever we ask, He will give to us if we ask according to His will. I don't know if today's Christians really believe in prayer. What do you think? Do you think the church really believes in prayer? Do you, church, do you really believe in prayer? I mean, really, I mean, not just, well, this is a prayer request. Let's, let's get this up and pray. But do you really believe in prayer? Don't you think that if we really believed in prayer, we'd be praying harder and expecting more answers than ever before and we'd be praying all the time? I mean, if we really believed in prayer and we would look for the answers and understand that God is answering a story is told about a tavern that was being built in a town that never had one. Blessings on them. They never had a tavern. One was being built and a group of Christians in a certain church opposed that tavern and began an all-night prayer meeting asking God to intervene. Lightning struck the tavern building and it burned to the ground. The owner brought a lawsuit against the church claiming that they were responsible. The Christians hired a lawyer claiming that they were not responsible. And the wise judge remarked, no matter how this case comes out, one thing is clear, the tavern owner believes in prayer and the Christians do not. If we pray and expect an answer from God, then when it comes, then we need to thank God for the answer. Answered prayer every time a close, caring friendship with the Creator of the universe, and a sacrificial love for our brothers and sisters in Christ. These three things help us to bring about 
and open-hearted union with each other and with Jesus, and in turn, help to maintain our living union with the Son of the living God. Now, where does it all start? Jesus reminds us one more time in this passage in verse 17. These things I command you so that you will love one another. Love. It all starts with love. He loved us enough to give His life so that we could live forever. I love you enough to tell you that if you don't accept His sacrifice, you can't live forever. You've got to come to Jesus Christ. You've got to be baptized into Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of the sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. But not until you believe in Him, repent of your sins and confess Him before men. And I pray that you love Jesus enough to do whatever He commands so that you'll live forever and that you love each other enough that we all know that we love each other, that we would sacrifice everything for one another because that is the greatest love anyone could have. And we've got that through Jesus Christ. I found a friend in Jesus. What about you? And I'm so thankful that He is not just a commander-in-chief of this army known as the church, but He is also a friend. And if you want to know Him better, then I encourage you to read your Bible, to get closer to Him in your daily devotions. Have a daily devotion. If you don't have one, have one in 2024. Get started on it. Get started on it now. And if you need to make a decision for Christ, make that decision known. But we've all, I think we've all found a friend in Jesus. You can find one today. If you have a decision to make, though, stand and make that come as we, as we sing this closing song together. Be sure to tap the like and follow buttons on your podcast engine so you won't miss any of our Just Preaching, Just Music, or Frontline Servants programs on the RSM podcast. Also, if you would, Please share our podcast with your friends and co-workers in Christ and on your social media pages. We'd really appreciate that. To learn more about Rock Solid Ministries, our free revivals, online services, and printed materials, visit us at rocksolidministries.org. Again, rocksolidministries.org. Until next time, this is Evangelist Tom Weaver saying goodbye, and may God pour down His blessings on you. Mississippi rain.